Well, hello everyone. Welcome to this special edition of our Bible study for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. Uh, this is a Christmas Bible study. We're doing something a little bit special this year uh, just to continue to stay focused on the purpose and the meaning of the birth of Jesus Christ because that's what we are celebrating. And we want to go ahead and do that today. We're going to be studying in the book of Luke chapter 2 verses 8 through 20. And we appreciate you being here today. My name is Melvin Gaines. Thanks again for being here. We're going to go ahead and get started with our study and just kind of methodically go through some of the passages here in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. And uh, let's go and now look to the Lord with a word of prayer. We'll get started. Father, we are just so thankful that you indeed are present with us today, that we are reminded of the goodness that you have for us because of the fact that you have this time that we can celebrate in history, a very, very important part of history indeed, when you indeed came, became flesh for us on earth and lived in such a manner to show us how we could live a life that truly is uh, a life of worship and praise for who you are. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you for the teaching that will come. Thank you that the Holy Spirit imparts wisdom as we go. That's all we want, that's all we need, really because you, you indeed are complete, and we want to be complete in you as well, too, at this time. Thank you, Lord, we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> all right, everyone, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Luke chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 8 through 20. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. And I selected this passage because, you know, one of the programs, you know, that we typically are used to, seeing or hearing uh, about at Christmas time as a Charlie Brown Christmas. And a Charlie Brown Christmas was a, a TV show that never, almost didn't get on the air, uh, believe it or not, back in the uh, early 60s. And the, the bottom line is that it did get on the air because uh, God saw to it that it was gonna be shown to literally billions of people uh, over the time, time frame and different generations of people as well too. <clears throat> it's hard to find now on TV because um, I believe Apple brought the rights, bought the rights to the program, so you, you have to kind of find places where you can see it or look at, look at it an Apple device and do it, I suppose. But having said that, the truth is out there about uh, the birth of Jesus Christ, and this program had a lot to do with sharing that. And in Luke chapter 2, uh, we will be seeing some of the ver one of the verses used by Linus at the end of the program to talk about the true meaning of Christmas. And that is exactly what we want to do. This is featuring the shepherds and the angels. That's the topic for this particular study. So let's start reading Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through verse 20. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Verse 8. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and a radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Verse 11, The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Verse 13, Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven 
and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to, he to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. Verse 19. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thoughts about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Okay, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. Let's go back to the top and uh, got a couple of um, thoughts here just to share as we go along. Um, especially looking at the significance of the event. And back to verse 8. Um, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Now this is out in a place of, at night, it's dark. Uh, shepherds, they are one of the f individuals that I would say they're very important in society, but there are like uh, many of them, they were very common. It's a common occurrence for people to have shepherds staying, guarding their sheep. But in the way that God revealed this information to the public for public consumption, this was not very typical. You know, usually when we talk about revealing uh, a great product or a service, what has to happen? You'll see advertisements on television. There'll be a big buildup sometimes. Coming soon this or look for this in the future. Well, Jesus did prophesy. He was prophesied, excuse me, in the Old Testament that he would be coming. And the Jews were expecting his coming, those who really were paying attention. But look at how he did it, though. He revealed it not in the way we would expect, which is very typical of God, if you, if you ask me. He, he does not do things that we would deem to be predictable. He's very mysterious, and that's how he, that is how he operates. He had this uh, revealed by the shepherds in the fields, hearing the testimonies of the angels, um, now, they may have been, for all we know, the shepherds that uh, were responsible for supplying the lambs for the temple sacrifices. So there's a relevance that they have to what's going on here about um, forgiveness of sin and the necessity to have those rituals performed by the priests. So they may have known about that particular thing. And the angels were invited uh, to greet the Lamb of God. Uh, that is what happened. Um, John chapter 1 verse 36. Let's take a look at that real quick. John chapter 1 verse 36. John 1 verse 36. Why do we talk about the Lamb of God? The Lamb of God is the word or the phrase that uh, John the Baptist used every, pretty much every time he saw Jesus according to what scripture says. In John chapter 1, 36, it says, When he saw Jesus passing by, this is John the Baptist, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God. Why is this important? Well, who were the shepherds? What were they, were, what were they tending to? They were lambs. They were sheep in the field. But now we're talking about Jesus being the Lamb of God, who is the, the one who was sent by God to come to earth to be our sacrifice, a Lamb of God. He was going to be the eternal sacrifice. Of course, this is getting ahead of 
this particular part of the passage, but there's no accidents here, everybody. We need to see the references that are being given about the role and significance of Jesus Christ and why he did come to earth for us. We have to see these things and recognize them that there is a continuity thing going on here that we need to see. Uh, the predictions made in the Old Testament about the appearance of Jesus, um, Lamb of God, John the Baptist is using that terminology. We've seen that terminology in different parts of Scripture. That's not an accident. That is on purpose. We recognize the importance of Jesus Christ uh, and his role. And so the shepherds were being the ones that were being uh, made known about this. And what an announcement it was. What a wonderful thing that this is. When the angels came, the, uh, the, the shepherds were very scared and and. If you were in her, their position, you would be too, <laughs> because you're seeing something that is totally abnormal, nothing that nothing normal. But this is what I said about the Lord. The Lord does things that uh, are indeed unpredictable, unforeseen. He he is not does not need uh, a broadcast about his appearance. When he comes, he comes. He we that's the one thing we have to recognize here too. He doesn't need an advertising campaign, right? He makes himself known very clearly. Uh, and people can understand and recognize who he is. And the angels were assuring the, the shepherds not to be afraid. This is good news that we have to share. This is good news. And that is why we celebrate Jesus Christ uh, all year long, not just at Christmas time, but it's good news that he came to earth for us. It's good news that he is sharing. He is He is going to be presenting for all of his people uh, the fact that he is present and accounted for and that's what's going to happen here in this particular passage he'll be present and the shepherds are going to account for it by going to see him the savior the messiah the lord has been born today in bethlehem the city of david and that's what we need to see here jesus was uh, greeted into this earth, into this world. The shepherds came and visited him. And we're talking about who? The Messiah, our Messiah, our Savior. That's indeed the role that he had for us. And with that in mind, we need to recognize the significance of what Jesus did for us and just carry that through the entire year and carry it through. Do you carry it through in prayer? Do you carry it through in studying his word each day. I mean, these are all things that we do to make sure that we recognize what Jesus Christ has done for us. Do you carry these things through as we uh, sit quietly and reflect upon his goodness? And do you carry it through in such a way where you want to share it with others? Uh, we know in Matthew chapter 28, um, verses 19 and 20, it's about going into all the world and preaching the gospel. That is what we need to be carrying through to others as well too. And I mention this because, you know, Christmas time, people are funny about Christmas. They they recognize it is a holiday. It's definitely a, a few days off from work or something like that. Um, but we need to understand that the significance of the appearance of Jesus Christ on earth is the, in fact, the most significant thing uh, that has ever happened in the history of the world. The history of the world. And that is, uh, there's no comparison to anything else. We have had major events take place throughout history, and, and we know that, but uh, where would we be without Jesus Christ doing what he did for us on the cross? Knowing that we 
uh, in our present state, you know, we all sin and fall short of God's glory, as it says in Romans 3.23. We, without Jesus Christ being the Messiah, the Savior, that takes away the sins of the world, that's exactly what we want to recognize. This is what John the Baptist declared, and this is what we need to understand, too. That, Of course, when John the Baptist is referring to the Lamb of God, that's a future event from this event, right? This is when Jesus is an adult. But it was already uh, set up for Jesus to be exactly that Messiah that we're referring to. And that's what, uh, that's what makes the prof prophecy about him and the events of his life that took place that reflect he indeed was the Messiah. Uh, he showed it over and over again. And there were many who did indeed believed. That I, it typically, sometimes I always mention in the past that Jesus uh, was not always believed. Uh, of course, that's true. But I should give more emphasis back that a lot of people did believe. Uh, a lot of people did believe who Jesus was. And those are the individuals who would take the name of Jesus and spread it throughout all the nations, all, all throughout the earth. Okay. So the Savior has been born. And when I mentioned the word mystery, it says there, there's just a wonder about how he came to be where he was. It was not going to be in a grand state, you know, because they wanted to make him king at one point later on. Uh, but he was born in a manger. Uh, he was within, uh, uh, he was among, they couldn't find a place to stay in the inn. And I'm sure that was by design because we wanted to show the humble beginnings of, uh, God wanted to show the humble beginnings of Jesus, show him out to be who he was. But that's the whole point of what I'm getting to here about the great mystery of what God does to reveal himself to us. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. That's from 1 Timothy 3.16. That is the great mystery of what God does. He indeed shows himself to be a very mysterious God. And that's not a bad thing. That's a very good thing. We, we want a God who always thinks outside the box, always acts in such a manner for our benefit, uh, for, our, for his glory and our benefit. That's what we want to always see. And shepherds meeting him. Shepherds, the wise men giving their gifts. Um, people who wanted to, who were just wanted to celebrate the fact that he was here. And <clears throat> Mary, interestingly enough, we'll get to this later in the passage, just took it all in. All this, this, these things that were happening before her, she just took it all in, put that on her heart. She already had known that she was going to be the chosen one to give birth to Jesus. So that was not a mystery in itself. She already had that revealed to her. She already had it revealed to her that she would be the giving a virgin birth. Um, that's the one time ever that there's been a virgin birth. Amen. Uh, that is exactly what's taking place here. So uh, the bottom line is that Mary was just taking it all in as she was going here. Uh, let's get to verse 12. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Now I want to mention something here that's very important, especially when we're looking at verse 14. Um, because if you have a good memory... Uh, if you remember on the Charlie Brown episode that they actually did, uh, Linus did complete, uh, saying on earth peace, 
um, goodwill toward men. I think that's the way he phrased it. Well, he was that was being pulled from the authorized version of the Bible. But they, it's been pointed out that that translation probably wasn't as accurate as it should have been. Should have actually been peace to men of goodwill or peace among men with whom he is pleased. Um, and we have to understand that in a world today, we we don't experience total peace. And I, that's an obvious statement, obviously. Uh, correct, right? Because uh, if peace were to always prevail, then what, what was the, what, why, we, why are we having wars? Why are we having conflict? Why are we having struggles? And the fact of the matter is, is because peace is not always uh, prevailing at times. God has spoken of it. He has mentioned it. He has said that there will, um, he did not always come in, he did not come all, only in peace. He certainly came to establish his kingdom. He has a kingdom uh, that represents peace when indeed he is the one who is going to be reigning in, in entirety on earth, but there is no such thing as peace. In fact, Isaiah 48, 22 says, There is no peace, saith the Lord, unto the wicked. You get it? Unto the wicked. Because those who are following the Lord Jesus are going to experience peace. God is pleased with those who follow him, and he wants to extend to them peace and make sure that they recognize peace. Peace under what circumstances? Well, peace under difficulty, that's what. Peace under stress, peace under uh, moments where you're just, uh, the uh, moments of loss. For those of us who have experienced loss around the time of Christmas, that's always going to stay with us. It's not going anywhere. It's going to be there. And what we have to rely upon, honestly, is the peace of God as we go. Um, the peace that prevails past human understanding. Because we don't always understand why things happen the way they do or what has happened to us. But yet God can give us peace. And we live in a way, in, in a world where we need to be literally beating our our swords into plowshares, right? Because we live in a Satan-dominated world. We have to recognize that. We have peace because of Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 states, Before, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Period. We have peace in Christ. Um, in, in many places, you know, the peace is going to have to reside in the heart of us as believers because we go places where there's anything but peace. So we need to recognize that too. So we want to make sure that we also give the correct um, statement in Luke chapter 2 verse 14. Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom with, with whom God is pleased. That is the proper way of looking at that passage. And so what a great event. We recognize that the shepherds, the humble shepherds, were the ones who had the uh, blessing, honestly, to receive the announcement about the coming of Jesus Christ. And honestly, Jesus wants us to see that his kingdom is for everyone, not just for the elite. We have to understand that there are kingdoms out there and, and places where there are kings that still exist, where it's really only the elite that have access to those individuals. It's not the common man. It's not the common people. But yet Jesus, in the way that he came and showed himself, he showed himself as a king for everyone. 
whether you have a little or a lot, whether you have much or not much. And so we need to also understand that too. He's for everyone. And why is that? Because he wants to be your savior. He wants to be your savior. He wants to be the one who takes care of the sin uh, in your life, that you repent and turn away from your sin and recognize Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's what he desires more than anything. Of all the things that we talk about, the Lord loves his people and he wants to see his people get saved. He loves us. He wants to see what's, he wants us to experience what's best for us in a relationship with him. So that was the event. That's what took place. And I'm prayerful that you understand that Jesus accepts you as you are. That's another takeaway here about the fact that he was humbled himself um, to be born in a manger as a savior for all of us. He takes you for who you are. If you feel like you're not good enough for the Lord, nope, that's a lie from Satan. You are good enough. Because he made you. He created you. Satan didn't make you. Uh, God made you. And so you recognize that God wants the best for you. He does not want you to believe the lies of Satan. He wants you to trust in him and believe in him. He accepts you as you are. Now, you're not going to stay as you are as you turn away from your sin. He's going to make you even better through the power of the Holy Spirit. So recognize that as well, too. Let's go back to Luke 2.15. Uh, Luke 2.15, and, and continue and read. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried, they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. Amen. There he was. And what a wonderful thing. They found Mary. They found Joseph. They probably were the first ones to see Jesus. Just based upon what we are kind of surmising here this, in this account, they probably are the first ones. The wise men didn't arrive until much later. They were told to go. Um, they were, it was revealed to them that the Savior had been born, uh, but that didn't happen right away. That was, that was down the road. That was a little while longer. and uh, Well, not too long, but long enough where they were not part of the first group anyway. And... But we can speculate that it took a few months. Remember, Jesus is still a baby. He was not, uh, he, he had to be cared for. He was a babe. And, and the bottom line is that the shepherds had seen him. The shepherds had said that, in fact, corroborated that what they were saying was true based upon what the uh, angels had told them. And they told a bunch of people about this. <laughs> the shepherds told, verse 17, after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone. Everyone is whoever they came in contact with, right? The, no one escaped them. They had to share it with everyone about what had happened, what the angel had said to them about this child. How often do you speak about what Jesus Christ has done for you? Now, this is, we have enough information in our lives. We can point back to the very things that Jesus Christ had done. We can point back to those things and recognize them. And uh, honestly, we there's really nothing that should be holding us back from talking about the goodness of Jesus Christ to others, especially at Christmas time. Christmas time is the best time that I can think of, um, along with other times during the year like Easter and all that, to tell people about the goodness of Jesus Christ. 
But that's exactly what we need to always be doing, is sharing about the goodness of Jesus. Has he not done great things for you? Has he not done those things in such a manner where you recognize that without Jesus, you would not have accomplished something or not have recognized something or not had experienced something in a positive manner or, or escaped danger for that matter? Look at all the things that Jesus does for us. All the more reason for us to just be ready to speak, speak up about who Jesus Christ is. They told everyone. And look what it says in verse 18. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. Were astonished. They were shocked. They were amazed. They couldn't believe what was being said. And those who were paying attention to what uh, the the word says uh, the, in the Jewish, you know, the, in, the, in the original Bible, the original scriptures, what was being said about Jesus coming, they couldn't believe that it was finally being fulfilled. And you have to remember that this was a period of time that was through 400 years of silence where God was not speaking to his people. There was not any real active communication. So we're talking about a few generations of people that had been removed from the last time really God had spoken through the prophets that we read about in scripture. And so they had to be uh, acquainted and reacquainted with who, who Jesus was or who God was through his appearance. Is this the person? Is this the Messiah? Is this the one? And of course, we know about those who, who doubt and chose to doubt because those are the ones who were threatened by the authority of who Jesus was, of course, uh, including the king who wanted him killed. Um, uh, right then and there. So they didn't want to believe, but they had a feeling that this was indeed the person that they should have been great, greatly fearful of. Um, but let's not digress too much here. I want to stay focused on this particular area. People were astonished, surprised, shocked, amazed, could not believe what was happening, and yet there was the good news right there in front of them, the good news of Jesus Christ coming coming down from glory, condescending himself to be born, to let inform us of his goodness. And he did so in a very humble manner, but yet in one day he is going to be king. He's going to be the one that we go to in glory. He is indeed uh, the glorious king. And so these are things that we have to keep on our hearts like Mary did. Amen. Verse 19, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. Thought about them often. Thought about the fact that there would be, um, he would be the king that they were referring to. And understand that he's just a baby. He was just a new baby. She knew what was happening to her, but what an amazing thing to realize as the mother of Jesus and recognizing that he was indeed going to be the king, the Messiah. That's incredible in itself. And yet, there we are. That's what we have to see and recognize. Okay, verse 20. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. What did they do? Glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. They went right back to work, shepherding their flocks, and they glorified God. That is exactly the response that we as believers should have. We should be glorifying God 
exactly for what Jesus has done for us, exactly for what he did for us. And he is indeed, we, we know that this is done in order because uh, Joseph actually went to uh, Jerusalem because of the census. He is in the line of David, and he was actually fulfilling um, the, the line, the lineage of Christ. So that was something that he, it was set up to do that way. Uh, he was being obedient to the law. He followed the law. He did what he had to do. Jesus gives us the example, too, of the importance of recognizing uh, the importance of being obedient, being obedient to what you are tasked to do. We know the difference between what was right and what is wrong. And we're to glorify God that God sent us a Savior. And that's exactly what we need to be praising and thanking the Lord for what he's done at Christmas time. And not just at Christmas time, but all year round. Amen. And we pray, I pray, that you, your family members, and everyone that you uh, come in contact with recognize the goodness of Jesus Christ. Speak about him often during this time. And, well, let's pray. Amen. Father, thank you for your goodness. We thank you for how you indeed gave of yourself for us. We thank you for your miraculous birth. We thank you, Lord, that you indeed are here, were here, to live indeed in and be our eternal sacrifice, the Lamb of God, as John the Baptist refers to you. Lord, we pray that everyone within the sound of my voice will recognize and understand God's goodness and share it with others. Recognize that he is to be, that you are to be praised and glorified for what you did for us. We thank you, Lord, for continuing to be in our hearts and minds and our lives. Lord, at this Christmas time, we ask that you bless us, protect us, keep us, and we give you thanks and praise. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for taking the time to spend some time with me for this Christmas Bible study. There's so much to get into here. We didn't, for the sake of time, we didn't want to get it too much into the weeds here and, and dig deeper. But I, I challenge you to take the time to take a look at the passage and look at some uh, messages, uh, different uh, commentaries about it. Uh, you'll be blessed by doing so and knowing and understanding the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ, all that he has done for you and all that he continues to do for you in your lifetime. God bless you all. Take care of yourselves. Have a Merry Christmas. Have a wonderful New Year. And we will see you next time.